0: Hey everyone, I'm Moindog. And I'm KarmaCut,
1: and welcome to Command Comms,
0: The podcast where we talk about everything and anything related to tactical shooters. Alright, well first off, welcome back everyone. Thank you so much for coming back to episode 2. As you know, last week we had our inaugural episode talking about the Squad 1.0 release. And KarmaCut, how do you think that went? Uh, I think
1: it's been great. I really, really am excited to see all the positive comments and... I'm really happy with how that first episode came out, and hopefully it can only get better from here. Um, but yeah, so as you guys might have known from the end of last episode, the squad release episode, we were planning on talking about Hell at Loose and Postscriptum today, but we're actually probably going to push that back to next week so that we can talk about Beyond the Wire today.
0: Wait, wait, Beyond the Wire, what are you talking about? Did a brand new game come out? I know, right? We had everything
1: planned for Hell at Loose and Postscriptum, <laughs> and had it up yeah just out of nowhere honestly i wasn't really prepared for beyond the wire to make that big of a splash were you uh
0: no yeah it definitely came a little bit out of left field Uh, i know there's been some teasers every once in a while but you really didn't i i was surprised at one how how big of release it really is and how many people were really looking forward to it there were servers up and everything like that uh so it was man it's it's great to see to be honest but definitely definitely took me by surprise
1: honestly quite a big deal i wasn't really expecting it and i'm pretty excited and that's what we're going to be talking about today but before we do jump into that let's talk about a couple of announcements number one we're now on spotify google and youtube and we also have opened up the discord
0: yes the discord so if you guys i know we had a bunch of people uh, post on the youtube comments so thank you guys for posting uh, a couple suggestions and, and some things that hey maybe uh, could you talk about this on the podcast? Or I know some of y'all have mentioned the whoosh intro, so I we no promises what we're gonna do for this little intro sound, but I think we're gonna try to work on something to you know make it a little bit more personalized, get a good command comms feel. But I appreciate and I know Karma appreciates all the feedback, so hopefully continue that on YouTube. But also the Discord link should be everywhere, so feel free hop on in the Discord and uh, come talk with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: But let's jump straight into the meat of today's podcast: the Beyond the Wire release. What do we think of it? What do we think is fun, and the negatives about it? What do we, where do we think the future for the game is, and is it worth it at its thirty-five dollar price point?
0: So kicking it right off, I know we we're kind of just hinting on this about how big of a release it really was uh at starting off just with OWI you you they typically have really good trailers you kind of have an idea of the type of game OWI is going to release did that I guess get that feel for you karma that you just saw the trailer you got in game did it feel like a, an actual early access release for you so this is a really interesting note, just because we
1: have seen a similar launch like Beyond the Wire, uh, such as Postscriptum, also using the off-world core. And I think because they have that connection to off-world industries, as well as the resources, like I do believe Scott Tobin, who is the soundtrack developer for both uh, Postscriptum and Squad, also did some of the Beyond the Wire tracks. These games that come out using the off-world core have a lot of, I guess, polish to them more so than other indie games that come out out of the blue so i think that's definitely a strength that both Postscriptum and beyond the wire have and it definitely comes out feeling a little bit more uh developed i think than other games in that same genre what do you
0: think yeah i think definitely on the the polish it's i think that's really where it, it comes to light that it's an owi game you know it's mm-hmm. some of these other early access games as you rightly put they're really early access and this you know i I don't want to say it felt like a squad mod because it's it's not but i think there's there's some truth to that because of how much of a game it really felt like it was and you get in there you're you're familiar with the mechanics you're familiar with certain animations the ui i mean it's all different it's all its own its own unique beyond the wire stuff but it really felt like a, a relatively finished game which is very good to see because World War One isn't kind of something you just want to jump in and kind of half make and half put out there because a first impression for a World War One game can be really tough. If you miss it, I know Verdun way back in the day, I thought it was kind of just a gimmick. It was kind of cool. I kind of had fun with it, and then I just forgot about it. Uh, And then when you talk about something like Battlefield 1, that really just hit hard with a really amazing trailer and had some good Battlefield feel to it. You have different impressions that stick with you for a long time, and now this one comes out, and I gotta say, I'm really enjoying it.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun, and I think it has to be said, just for the people who, who don't know too much about Beyond the Wire, it is released in its first week of early access, so we're not even at full release yet, right? So it's really cool to see that this game that's come out has a lot of features the release as far as i'm concerned was very smooth we didn't have like insane server crashes or optimization or bugs right there was nothing uh, obscenely glaring in the release so it was relatively smooth which is you know pretty much all you can really hope for as a development studio when you're relaunching that first week so i think they did a really good job there in making sure that their product was playable um as far as content uh you know, going back to that note that it is early access, I think there's a good chunk of content there. You get a lot of enjoyment out of playing the game in its current state, but we're still like in the very early, you know, baby crawling ages or, or, or you know, phase <laughs> of Beyond the Wire. So hopefully it grows and it gets more content and it gets better and better and better. But I gotta say this release for Beyond the Wire, I don't think it could have gone better for them.
0: Yeah, I think it's baby crawling i do agree but hey this this baby is moving too <laughs> like it's this thing, i'm actually i'm 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 just surprised because when you think of one squad it's squad is very slow paced compared to beyond the wire mm-hmm. uh, and squad is obviously not as slow paced as something like arma but beyond the wire I thought was going to give me a really just, you know, bolt action. I'm in a trench, you fire, I'm in a trench, I fire. And this thing, I mean, it has all of the I guess the the feel of squad that I like, but you're you're not moving around. You're not you're, you're sorry, you're not basically taking, you know, a walking simulator from point mm-hmm. to point. You're you're constantly in the action. And that was I think my initial impression and what surprised me You know, mechanics, obviously there's some bugs and everything every once in a while, but, you know, I didn't have any real big issues with trying to find something to do in-game, which just looking at it, I think that was one of my biggest questions of, am I actually going to be, like, fighting, or are we going to be standing behind a trench?
1: Right. I think you touched on something that's, like, really, really interesting, right? Is because it's using the off-world core, right? It does have a couple of those, you know, squad kind of moments where you're feeling those ui or those elements that are kind of being reused but there is like you said a lot that is different about this game the whole pacing structure of beyond the wire is so different from squad and i think that is going to be one of the biggest um i guess criticisms or you know one of its one of its not flaws but one of the things that it is going to be looked at and it is going to be kind of what's
0: the word i'm looking for um it's it's, you say it as a you said criticism and flaw so to me we and we haven't we haven't even talked about this you know hey all full transparency yeah, podcast we... <laughs> listeners this is our first time we're actually talking about this uh so do you not like the pacing? No, I do like the pacing. I just
1: think that there are certain things in Beyond the Wire that it, it does remind you a lot about Squad, but also it does a good job of setting itself apart from Squad. The game yep. does feel different, but it also feels the same. So I'm having a really hard time describing that because it's it's something that I don't really experience too often in... You know, sequels to video games or prequels to video games. Usually, when you play a game that's related to another game in some fashion in development, it has certain things that you can go back and say, oh, you know, they took that from Squad, they took this from Squad. But when you look at Beyond the Wire and you look at Squad, the things that they share, the things that are in common are not really um, essential features. It's kind of like the small UI elements, right? There are certain yeah. things in the game that are like, oh, this is totally, you know, something that's based off the off-world core. But when you get to playing it, the big features, the thing that the game is really trying to hone in and actually sell to you, it's a completely different experience. So it's the same but different <laughs> kind of experience. Same, same but yeah yeah. exactly um that that's like really unique and i think it's different because post scriptum and squad when you look at those because they're both using the off-road core as well you can really see where the games kind of start to mesh a little bit too closely because squad and post scriptum play relatively the same the main difference in gameplay there is the bolt action or the weaponry right so that's the main pacing difference there but when you look at beyond the wire they've really gone leaps and bounds to try to say hey we want you to play this game differently. We don't want you to walk around and we don't want you to set up these flanks and have it just be a World War One reskin of squad. We want this to be its own unique experience. And I think they've done a really good job doing that. I think they still have a lot to improve on as far as like improving that experience and encouraging it. But I think that mass charge like melee combat system that they're going for right now, it's unique enough to set itself apart from the current game. So we'll see where that goes and we'll see how much they can actually put in into that kind of you know play space because it does need some more tweaking but that's my current take same same but different what about you like i know you said before it doesn't have the exact same things like squad doesn't play the same but are there certain things that you realize that's like hey this is the off-road core and do you like that or is it different enough that you can have a different experience
0: well so my biggest I thought this was going to be a complaint at first, and if you guys are listening to this, you haven't played or maybe you haven't looked into it. Uh, there's no tickets in Beyond the Wire, which is huge for an OWI game. That's almost unheard of, right? You you always have a, a ticket system, and so it starts to pull almost an element of like hell let loose, where you still have that hardcore ishness in the game, but you don't have tickets, and I think that. You know, when we're trying to focus, and I think you you phrased it well, it, it looks like off-world Core, but they want you to experience something different. And the World War One gameplay loop that they're really trying to push you towards is this wave of just endless bodies rushing against the trench getting fought back. Mm-hmm. Rushing back over the trench, and hey, you finally got a foothold, and now you hold that trench, and then maybe you get pushed back. It's this this tug-of-war of just mass bodies and people and just chaos and it's not it, it i i struggle in saying arcady because it there are elements of arcadiness in it because it, you, you know there's no tickets you can just die and respawn but it's there's a real hardcore element in it that just it's it's very when you die you die and you feel it and you you, you give up and you just try to go again but it, it's it's a very I, I can't think of a game that I've honestly felt so inclined just to give up and then to charge headfirst into something I know that's going to kill me. And I'm trying to think of, you know, even I, I used to play a lot of Battlefield. Even at those things, you're you're really not, you're really not trying to die because you see it at the end of the game. You see your kills, you see your deaths, and e- even in Beyond the Wire, you see your kills and your deaths. But it's almost it's like they've created this sense of for the greater good like to get to the trench it doesn't matter just everybody spawn everyone just rush into it and when you when you play it you get it i could tell though as you know maybe you might have seen this as well i could tell though from people who are watching the stream or something they there was some hesitation of a lot of postscriptum and squad players that are saying yo this is too respawning. Mm-hmm, this is too mm-hmm. arcadey this is too you know anything like that but it's when you play it it kind of makes sense am i crazy no i totally agree with you i
1: think like looking at a couple games that have come out uh hell it loose like you said no tickets and it does this great job of giving you a war feel to it whereas contemporary war and squad feels a lot more like maneuvering and strategy and tactics and positioning When you get down to those huge fronts those world war ii world war one massive engagements where you have real armies not just skirmishes between uh, factions or insurgents when you have real battlefields and battlefronts developing these games with no tickets actually do a great job of encouraging that and giving you that experience so when you're playing hell at loose or when you're playing uh, beyond the wire because there's no ticket system there's a ton going on on the map. It feels like you're on the front line. It feels like a real war. Whereas in squad, as you know, because you and I both play a ton of squad, a lot of it is like, it kind of feels like skirmishes. You're kind of like towing off with the enemy faction, but it doesn't necessarily feel like a a war or a front line. You know what I mean? So there's definitely, I think tweaking that respawn mechanic, I think it really does a good job of accomplishing that feel. So I think one of the games that, or one of the studios that has done this before is New World Interactive. So New World Interactive made a game called Insurgency, which a lot of players should know, um, but it was one of the first tactical shooters on PC. And they later went on to develop a game called Day of Infamy, which is a World War II version of Insurgency. And you saw a lot of the same things that we're seeing now with Beyond the Wire happen with those two games as well. Basically, they're taking a contemporary uh, shooter, which was you know skirmishing and you know uh, a smaller scale, and they made a way or they found a way to blow it up in Day of Infamy to create a frontline battlefield-esque game using the same elements or the same core um, as as Insurgency. So I think this is really interesting to see happen again with Beyond the Wire and Squad, uh, just because it's it's really cool to see how using roughly the same tools you can get an extremely different gameplay experience by tweaking just a few things. So when people look at Beyond the Wire, and you and I hear this all the time in our chats when we're live streaming it, right? People say it looks like Squad. And I can't deny the fact that, yes, there are certain elements within Beyond the Wire that when you look at it, it's going to be, huh, the way you switch weapons, it looks like Squad. The way you bandage someone it looks like Squad. The way you cap points kind of looks like Squad. <laughs> but like I said, those are all the minor UI elements, right? The gameplay... When we get down to the gameplay, the actual meat of what you're purchasing, it plays differently. You're charging, almost entirely different. Almost entirely differently. You're charging the front line. You're fixing that bayonet. You're organizing mass assaults, which you only kind of get in Squad and Postscriptum because AAS or um, just how big the maps are, you don't really get that experience. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I like Invasion and in Squad is because you have the entire... <laughs> You have the entire lobby, the entire 100 players on both teams all in like one area and you get that mass war feel. And I think that's maybe why Beyond the Wire has clicked so well with me is because I love that kind of chaos. I love that environment because it's really, really, really immersive. It's kind of cool in squad. you are sitting off on a hill and your squad's doing something incredibly useful, but it's only, you know, you're only engaging one other squad and you're doing your job and your your tactics help the entire team. You don't get that insanity, that chaos that you get in beyond the wire. People are fixing their bayonets. Everyone goes over the top. Gas is dropping down. You've got 25 players on your left, 25 players on your right, and you're charging
0: into the enemy. You don't get that. <laughs> I can't. Wait. Think... Are you are you suggesting that you're team stacking because you got 25 <laughs> on your left, 25 on your right? You got 51 players on your side, Karma. I, I understand know. why you won that trench. 51 to 49, man. Math it's just enough out. to tip the scales. Uh, but that no, is you're, like, you're like it's it's it because mm. you feel even if you you when you when you go over the edge and you you do that and you could end up just being a couple of you you're left with your bayonet, your club, you're basically nothing left and you're the only ones left in the trenches and you're almost just waiting for your team to get back to you mm-hmm. where in squad you're like okay cool we beat them we beat the squad <laughs> like all right let's move uh, yeah. that was cool it's- uh, and you don't have that 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 front line the the kind of fluidity between your, you're just a small unit of a greater whole team and frontline. And the, I think the smaller maps also really help that feel mm-hmm. because a lot of people that one of their first impressions as well was, hey, the maps seem too small. But that's, I, that's a really good thing in in my opinion. That's, that keeps you all together. But I've found that even if you are pushing together as a team, you can, if you want, do a couple solo things or do a couple, you know, your squad is only six people, right? Yeah. So you can, you can do a couple things with just a handful of people and really have some effect, or you can also unite as your whole platoon or whatever and still have, have a great time. So it's this, it's, it's, it's really interesting how they can achieve this. And I do really think it goes back to just something almost as simple as no tickets.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it, it has a lot to do with also the weapons that were available during that era. Uh, of course, there's a couple of LMGs and a couple of HMGs in the game, but when you look at the tactics that were used then versus now and the weapon reused then versus now, it's kind of, it, it's very obvious why mass charges were a thing, right? Bolt action rifles, if you both sit back and you both have even numbers and you're pinging off at each other, it's very hard to get a definitive, you know, territory gain or, or win a decisive engagement that way. You can really see when you start getting people together and be on the wire and charging lines in mass numbers and seeing how effective that is because you're going up against, you know, maybe a couple LMGs or a couple of fully automatic weapons, but mostly bolt action weapons. It's really, really clear (laughs) that bolt action weapons do not do well when you're throwing 20, 30 guys (laughs) into a trench. You cannot hold that back. So it's real. I want them to focus on that experience. I really do. I would even go so far as to, you know, open up the squads and make them, you know, 20-man squads, or maybe maybe that's a little bit too crazy, but I want to see that focused on. I want to see mass charges focused on, because I think that is where the game shines, because otherwise, when you break it down, you make it really small, you get the small skirmishes, what you're going to end up having is a lot of people just peak shooting with with uh, with their bolt actions, and I, I don't know if that's necessarily that's new or fun. fun, yeah, because you kind of already get that in post-scriptum. I think Beyond the Wire needs to double down and focus on what they're bringing to the table that's unique. And that's going to be your your charge into melee combat kind of experience. Uh, but, yeah, what do you think of that that specific gameplay flow, that, that charge into melee? Is that something that you think is—is is that something you expected to like so much? Because I, honestly, I didn't think I'd like it that much.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you— during the release every time I got killed off of an emplacement someone in chat was like la 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 karma cut just slashed you like thank you thank you I know I see I saw your damn your hat I saw I saw your SL kit I saw the saber coming I could do nothing the, the melee every time you would get in close quarters I thought I would not like the melee as much as i did mm-hmm. and every time that i got into a situation where i was maybe closing in i was like dude i i'm this bolt action isn't going to work the pistol's going to take a couple shots it's only got a couple let's just take the club and i can just go in and let's make it happen mm-hmm. so it's that that type of stuff i do think they need to focus on that and i think right now they've kind of focused on that and they they went real hard into i never played Mordhow uh so i I don't know if you played mordhau but the the mordhau system of you can actually angle how you you strike someone right you Mm -hmm. can see it there's a little radio menu uh and you can see an arrow that you can you can sweep up from like bottom right bottom left uh side to side you know kind of make these large sweeping movements you can also right click and you can defend and parry or blocker or whatever you wish to call it and i i feel like they they try to go hard into that but then they it's almost like they were stuck in a two mind is like oh man are people gonna like this i don't know because i've noticed sometimes c- clunky might be too strong of a word but sometimes it feels really clunky
1: it, it feels a little uh half baked. I'll I'll agree with you. They there. just need to
0: go into it, man. Yeah. Like just I, I almost want this to be if I'm going in for a club, I'm clubbing that dude. You know, mm. it's like I if this is I sometimes have you ever had a dream where you're trying to run and you just can't run and you're trying to kick a ball. And you <laughs> kind of kick the ball. You're trying to throw a football, and you just can't throw it. That's sometimes when I storm the trench, and I get out my billy club, and I'm a swinging, and I'm still waiting for the swing, and then I missed it, and I'm like, wait, he's right here. And so th- these are the type of things where I-, I feel like if I'm really within a couple feet of someone, there should not, I should not have the other guy he shouldn't have a chance to just reload his his bolt-action rifle three or four times and kill me, you know? And a lot of times I felt like, while I was still trying to figure out the melee, he was able to take a shot, miss, reload, take a shot, miss, reload. Well, I'm still swinging, and mm-hmm. I feel like I should be hitting him, and I'm not. And it's almost like, I'm not saying, like, uh, Battlefield, they're very big on these uh, melee animation takedowns, and Battlefield 1 also had a bayonet animation takedown. I'm not saying... We should go hard into the animation takedowns, but it, it, it dude, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm swinging at, at air and I'm just missing nothing. Even though I see the guy right there a lot of the times and they just need to go into the melee, like just embrace it. This is, it's a great part of uh, beyond the wire that I haven't seen in another type of FPS like this. Yeah.
1: So I'll agree with you. Like there's a lot of times when I'm playing beyond the wire and I'm trying to use the melee system and it's just, I've never struggled so much to get my character to do something. Well, maybe in Tarkov a little bit, I'll have like some weird moments (laughs) where like my character is doing something he shouldn't be doing or he should be able to do something like very fluidly. And sometimes when you're in melee combat and beyond the wire, it does feel like there's some kind of disconnect between the control input and the actual output you're getting on the screen. I don't yeah. know if that's because they're they're half-baked, like they're trying to, like, one foot in, one foot out, try to commit to it, or if it's just because, you know, development, they just haven't fully fleshed out the system yet, but they're planning to. Either way, in the, you know, current state that Beyond the Wire is right now, the melee combat does feel a little... Uh, a little wanting, I guess you would say. It's not terrible. I still have a ton of fun with it, and I would want to get into that into a, into a little bit later. But basically... There are moments where someone's prone on the ground and for some whatever reason, when I'm swinging, I'm right on top of him. I'm standing on top of him. But like, I'm hitting things to the side. I'm hitting the ground. Like, it's like... It
0: ha- <laughs> that that wooden clanking noise when you, you hit the thing next to it, it goes... Yeah. And you're like,
1: no! Yeah. Um, it's just, I think that's a really bad player experience. When you want to do something and that something that you're wanting to do is pretty simple, you should be able to do it Without having to fight the game, so I don't know how they fix that. If they make it more fluid, if they fix the netcode, I don't know what they need to fix to make that experience uh, more fluid or more clean. I'm sure, I'm sure they have something planned, but they kind of need to roll that out uh, as soon as possible because that is like if that's going to be one of the main features of your game, it needs to kind of work uh, as fluidly as possible. Getting Definitely. on into like why melee combat is like so much fun. It's it evokes a certain emotion. <laughs> I don't get that emotion in squad. I don't get that emotion in post When I knife people in squad, it's like, oh, yippee, I got a knife kill, right? It's nothing crazy. Or when I stab someone with a bayonet in Postscriptum, it's like, it's kind of cool. But for whatever reason, in Beyond the Wire, I get that feeling of absolute elation for stabbing <laughs> someone, for, for getting into melee combat, more so than in Mordhau anything. I don't know why. But when I charge someone... I have a war cry, boy. I have a war cry. You yeah, have a war cry. You know, when, I, when I'm What's streaming. You can't. You can't. What is it? I can't. I can't. I can't just do it artificially. But I'll notice. Oh, like yeah. I'll do it totally it subconsciously. From, it's, it's primal. It's it just primal. Comes from within. It's literally primal. Like I'll catch myself doing it on stream where I attach the <laughs> bayonet and I'll charge at someone. And I'll realize that I'm like, I'm, I'm like yelling. <laughs> I'm yelling in my room. And I'm like, God. <laughs> there was one time when I was like. I was loading up uh, Beyond the Wire. I looked at the clock, and it was 8 p.m., and I was like, I can't play this game right now. I'm going to get kicked out <laughs> just because it's like, I can't scream this late. But it was like, <laughs> it, it really gets me vocal. It's one of the few games that actually gets me feeling a certain way, gets me that excited to where I will, I will scream, I will yell as I'm charging someone. Uh, what's your opinion on that? Like, do you get certain emotions in the melee combat? Does that evoke my, my the same My of to you? your primal
0: scream? Is, <laughs> is that the opinion? I, I need to go back and watch your then to get... I, I feel like I know what you're talking about, because something deep from within that I cannot control does overtake me when all of a sudden I see a trench and there's people not looking. Yes. And I have a club. And I'm like, hey, there's going about to be a whole world of hurt in this trench, and I'm the one who's going to be taking care of it. Mm. Like, it's there's something about that, that. It just, it feels great when it, when it works. Oh man, does it work? And it, it really feels rewarding. Mm-hmm. And there's, I don't know if this is intentional, but part of it for me is the wonky animations after when you whack them. Like, oh, I don't know. They, flying, <laughs> the, the, flying. The physics. <laughs> yeah. You, you, hear, you hear the thwack. You see the body, you see the blood you see. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous but it's it's not like too ridiculous you know it's it's within the realm of like okay i get this mm-hmm. uh and it's it's so rewarding when you do it and i've had i've actually had a couple times where somebody i would approach and i would run at him with a club and maybe they had a pistol or they had a a rifle and i would take a couple swings with you know not i wouldn't close the gap yet every once in a while yeah they'll shoot back but dude there's one or two times we we square up for a duel and we just have our own little, uh, you know, club duel mm-hmm. and may the best clubber win. And that kind of stuff, like, that's cool, you know? Like, hey, if he blocks and I get killed, or if if I block and I kill him, like, I've been killed and I've been the one killing on both sides of those things. And I, I have a great time, you know? that's Those are the type of things that you just have fun in game. And the the main thing that I just wish that I, I, I could just... I could I wish I could replicate just the fun every time because there is that every other time where I'm in the perfect spot and the hit reg or, yeah. or whatever it is. Yep. And so I, I really think I just I if if I could just have one want for this game, I don't even care about tanks, I don't care about planes, I don't care about Zeppelins or whatever the hell we had in Battlefield One. Just this melee, if you nail it, it is so much fun. And mm-hmm. when you cross no man's land. When you have smoke, because also we're we'll talk about, I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but you can call in smoke, uh, chlorine, gas, artillery, all at the same time. Your infantry squad leader can cause you to run faster. You can charge into the trench and then you break out your club and you have bayonets and it's, it's awesome. Like that kind of stuff, you just need to just amp, turn that stuff to 11. And this is going to be a, a really fun game that isn't just going to be a blip if they really just kind of hone in on these things that's
1: what i'm saying like the 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 mass charge feeling with an organized front and going back to squad that's why i love invasion is like having everything in your platoon or in your team working like clockwork the smoke's dropping right on time the hmgs are suppressing the right targets and you get in there with your guys and the guys next to you and you break out those clubs oh it's just knowing that all those things came together to make a push successful is just so rewarding But going back to what you mentioned, because I have to I think I have to bring this point up. You're talking about how you love it when you square up with another player. I think one of of my favorite experiences is charging someone with a bayonet and seeing them run away in fear. That is (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) It's so much fun. Because I I have it happen to me where someone's charging at me and I'm I'm racking the bolt, and I just know the fear that, like, I'm experiencing. So knowing that I can inflict that kind of terror into someone else on the receiving end is just, it's great. And I think a game that kind of does this is like Escape from Tarkov, right? When you die in Tarkov, you and you have like a really big kit, you have that feeling of loss. You're like, oh goddamn, that that sucks so much. But when you kill that big dude with that Gen Four and that that uh, fast MT, you're like, oh, I just ruined this dude's day. And I think that's <laughs> a whole level of enjoyment that Squad and Postscriptum just doesn't even really touch, unless you're like ATGMing like a tank at like 800 meters. But that's a different thing. We'll talk about that some <laughs> other day. Um, but yeah, I think beyond the wire it's just oh god it's so easy i know it's so easy to viewers or to you know people who are watching videos to look at it at at face value and say this looks like squad and post but god when i play it it feels so much different it feels so so much different so it's kind of one of those things where it's like you have to literally play it to experience it uh because it is it is a wild ride and i'm really excited to see uh, where it goes in the future. But enough about like what we absolutely love about the game. And we have talked a little bit about the hit reg. What are some other things that you know maybe don't rub you the right way or things that you'd like to see improved uh, in its current state?
0: So right now, uh, real quick, once again, if you guys aren't familiar with the type of game modes they have, I think right now we have, is it Assault and Frontlines? I think those are the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, assault is offense, uh, basically offensive or invasion, however you want to, whatever games you are. Basically, you have an attacker and defender. And then front lines is you have no man's land and then sectors on each side. Uh, one side pushes into the front lines. If they capture it, you get to the next, uh, the enemy's sector. However, the enemy, you can retake sectors. You can go back and forth. You can do tug of war. So there, there's two game modes right now. Uh, and I, I do think that the the front lines game mode i would like to see that more uh the assault game mode i have found it and i i don't want to keep going on to squad because i know they're completely different but i in the back of my mind i i'm thinking of that one trello board key where they're saying hey uh objectives are going to now be in the future where if you have more people on the objective the faster you cap it and Every time I play Assault, I think of that because right now in Beyond the Wire, if you guys aren't paying attention and you don't you don't get any UI notification you're losing a, a, a capture point or objective point or whatever you call it. It's if you have like five people in that objective and you are just right outside of it, it it flips almost instantly, and the capture time. Not only are you now, you've lost the sector because the enemy have just captured your zone, you now have to retreat and run backwards. You can't shoot. The enemy can shoot. And by the time you get to your friendly sector, they're basically with you as well, probably killing you because once again, you can't shoot. And they're once again in the sector. So I've found that sometimes these capture areas and the more people in the sector means that it, it caps quicker can really lead to games that are just uh, you you never slow down you just move forward you you can't stop even though you feel as a defense you look on the map you see your entire team right next to the objective but since three enemy are in that capture point you've lost it without even realizing it and that i know it can be tweaked i know it's the first iteration i i've really enjoyed front lines but i'm assault I, I i i've had some uh not the best moments on defense i guess you could say gotcha
1: no that totally makes sense uh i think i definitely approach each game mode kind of differently right so like for assault there's a specific way i play each game mode i guess is the way i'd say it, uh, to where i know i can maximize the enjoyment so on assault I'm I'm squad leading the guys. I'm leading the charges, pushing them through trenches, getting in the melee, uh, on offense. But on defense, and I've always found defense boring, even in squad. Right for invasion. Wait 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 (laughs) wait,
0: Mr. Superfob, did you just say you think defense is boring? Let
1: me reword it. Since they nerfed Superfob. (laughs) Okay okay, just wanted that. Yeah okay. Since they've added the artillery. Defense is really boring. <laughs> it, it is, because you don't really have that much movement. You're just sitting on the point. You just shoot guys, right? So same thing in in Beyond the Wire. When you're setting up defense, I had one of the games, uh, I think a couple days ago, where I just set up the the HMG and I just mowed dudes, dudes down as they were running towards our objective. And that was that's how I maximize my fun is usually on defense, I grab an emplacement or an LMG. I set up and watch, I watch something and I play for kills. And that's usually how I get the most enjoyment that i can out of assault defense which is not that much i still think that the attacking side gets the majority of the fun which is yeah, kind of why definitely. i think yeah which is why i kind of think front lines offers a more balanced experience for both teams right because it goes back and forth you get the chance to attend attack you get the chance to defend and it's it's a more balanced consistent experience going to one of the things you talked about and one of the things i also absolutely hate is the freaking enemy frontline enemy zone <laughs> exclusion and then you're radius. helpless running away yeah that like that oh god i hate i know they're using it from like insurgency like that's something that happens in sandstorm too but i always found that like mode or, or that way of controlling player mobility like really it's just really obtrusive it's just it's just way too much i don't know if there's a better to way better way to do it but it's just really annoying Because sometimes, especially like you said, sometimes the front line moves so fast that you're just caught way far behind to where sometimes I'm like, do I just respawn here? Do I just like (laughs) admin, admin, enter, respawn and just kill myself? Because it's like running low. Why would I run back when I can't even shoot like 600 meters, uh, five, 600 meters? It's just, it's, it's kind of silly. So I hope they improve that experience. And then going back to the maps, God, Zonbeak is a fantastic map because it amplifies and encourages that kind of get in the trench, get in melee range, charge, charge, charge. I think that's
0: my favorite map right now.
1: Yeah, Zonbeak is the best. I can't believe out of the three maps that we get for early access, one (laughs) is at night. Don't
0: say it. Don't say it. Oh, you said it. (laughs) I hate it. I hate it so much. Oh my god. Why, man? Why? Do you like night maps? No, I hate night maps. (laughs) I, I'm i I'm 30, I wear glasses. Oh. I don't want to play at night, man. I, I don't even go outside in the real world night.
1: <laughs> I think there's only been one instance where I've ever enjoyed... Okay, let's say two. Two instances where I ever enjoy night maps. One is an EFT when you actually have nods. And the second is like, I think there were a couple of squad layers that had like night, but it was extremely moonlit and you could see fine. Those are the only two times I will ever say night maps are acceptable i don't think they add anything to gameplay i don't think they're fun i think especially combined with the fact that that night map that they picked to be night
0: has (laughs) so much foliage people were asking (laughs) me if this was the vietnam mod there is people (laughs) literally asked me came in and they said hey i saw your video on that vietnam mod is that the mod there's so much foliage that even if it was
1: day there would be a disgusting amount of places where you could just bush wookie and sit yeah but now that it's night oh my god i mean i abuse it i'm not gonna lie i'll abuse it i'll <laughs> run around in the enemy's back line just prone in a bush oh watch the whole squad go by okay stand up and come in behind and just club them all to death it's just way too easy to pop out of the woods and i don't like i don't know what they were kind of going for when you get on the assault layer of the map and you know when you push all the way to the germans and you have that big open field and then yep. there's some trenches. I think that is like a an acceptable area for it to be night because it's moonlit. there's there's yep. trenches. it's open. there's no bushes. it's it's completely fine. but everything in that map up until that point is just a headache. It's just a huge headache. I think one of the yep. ways they could change this and have that night aesthetic but have it be playable is you know how they can call in I
0: think it's got a commander call in the flares those. It, the the flares that are currently if you guys have seen it is red mm-hmm. like that's that's isn't that just part of the map
1: asset i don't know I, I actually don't know if someone fires those if they're commander called or if they're timed or if they're ma- i don't know what it is but i think that if they want this ma- night map if they are dead set in keeping a night map in and it's this one or any night map especially in world war one when it's a war zone and you're having a major offensive those flares should be popping off the entire round the yeah. entire round, it should be lit by, by flares. And I think that'd be incredibly immersive. You get that night aesthetic, but guess what? Players can actually see. <laughs> it's not a headache. Um, and I think it'd be really cool, because I don't know if there's any night maps in any game that actually do that. So I don't know. Hey, you know, RSI, if you're listening, that's how you make a unique, <laughs> awesome night map. Just have flares popping off 24-7. Um, but yeah, well, dude. Wait, On
0: that, like, I, I actually think... Uh... That one's called uh, Anson Court, I Mm, think, right? Anson Mm -hmm. Court should actually be in the daytime. You should, uh, if they wanted to do a night map, Zona Brook could be night with those flares. And because of how, and moonlit and flares and stuff, that would actually look good because you have the rolling hills with all the trenches, a lot of open space. But when you add, I I will give them credit though. If that map was in the day, it'd be fun. Yes, I would agree completely. Mm -hmm. It is a really unique... The, it, the, can I say, th- no, I can't say theater. It's on the same theater. It's a really unique landscape. Yes. And, and the, the type of, you don't think world war one immediately when you see Anson court, but there's still trenches, there's bunkers, there's defenses, there's lines, there's all this stuff. You, you got the flares popping off, uh, all this stuff. It you're, you're like, okay, yeah, no, I totally believe it. And it makes it like each map. Yeah. It's all world war one but they're all pretty different and uh, they all kind of flow a little bit different and just dude, don't make it night, man. Just don't yeah. make it night
1: on that note of like how they're all different. Like, I think that's, they've also done a really good job there. Every map <laughs> for better or, or worse feels very different from one another. Um, being,
0: well, okay. Real quick. Mm-hmm. What uh, rank rank them.
1: So it's it's very 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 obviously for me is going to be zone beak for the charging into freeze into into Anzincourt right just because I I hate night but I love the CQB so that's that's very simple for me what about you like is that roughly the same for you?
0: I I think is it is it zone beak or zone beck? I don't know how you is pronounce it. it. Oh, okay, I'm an yeah, ignorant good. American. I don't know. Yeah, I even added an. Like a, a Zona brook or something. Last time I said it, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I, I think uh, zone zone brook zone beck is probably it, it's it probably just edges out freeze, but it has to be front lines. Like front lines. Uh, I'm not saying assault isn't bad on on zone beck, but front lines. It, it you actually feel like you're progress progressing into their trenches and into their back lines, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whereas freeze you're like okay i'm now in a town which isn't a bad thing you know it's it kind of i like the hills i like the little farmland it's, it's the the bridge at the end of the french headquarters is super fun to play around uh, in that whole little town but i i really feel like i thought the trenches would all be the same they're not and zone zone back does a, a really really good job of having each area still feel trenches but still feel different and still feel, feel fun and it's it's it's, it's fun. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I can't, I can't think of anything. Is there something that when you looked at it at all, were you like, man, I really wish, okay, we're not, we're not going to talk about the night and obviously a lot of the foliage, right? Is there something you wish they had, or are you pretty satisfied map wise?
1: I will say that one of the first things that I said when jumping in to be on the wire was God damn, their map design is amazing. Like it feels livable. It feels brief. It, it feels like, it was a real place. Whereas, compared yep. to squad, it's kind of, I don't want to dig on squad. But some areas in squad, just feels like, okay, they kind of just went over with a broad stroke and added a couple assets there, a couple assets here. Here's the same generic. But, like, every game on the off-world core that has come out, after squad has had better and better map design i don't know if that's because these guys are learning i don't know if that's because i, I think partly in beyond the wire specifically is because the map skill is smaller so they can put more attention to detail because the maps are much yeah. much smaller um but like people love that especially looking at like hell it loose that has like so much detail on their maps uh it's 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 amazing to see and it makes things feel a lot more believable and realistic and it just much more immersive. That's the word I want to use, immersive. Definitely so immersive. Yeah. So looking at the three maps we have right now, they're very high quality. I'm not saying that Anson Court is like bad because it's a bad map. It's bad because it's night and because it's yep. night plus foliage. But you fix, you know, one or two of those things. The map itself is amazing. I think they've done a really good job of giving most of the maps aside from freeze. I would put freeze as far as the ranking for like the linear or, or like the, I guess, narrative. I don't know if narratives is right word but like progression progression as far as like the progression of the maps freezes at the bottom because like you said it's like you go from swamp to town to like bombed out hill to bridges i guess bridge city (laughs)
0: yeah yeah that's
1: pretty good yeah yeah. (laughs) which is like it's kind of cool but it's it's nothing crazy or it doesn't really feel new it's pretty it's good but out of the three i think it's the worst Zombie does a really good job of giving you that middle no man's land that bombed out city in the center and then either direction that you go it's like you're fighting through the actual trench line further and deeper in until you get to the hq uh onsen court does a really good progression where it's like you start off in this jungle-ish i don't i can't even recall what the actual like zone or or you know uh I, I don't know what the, the actual biome is because it's so freaking dark. I can't even take it's, a look at good
0: – I think work. it's supposed to be like a forest in Belgium or something, is right? Is it? Like it's, I, it's I get supposed like this to be, tropical you know, feel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, dude, it looks like you're in Cambodia Like yeah. or like uh, – yeah, It is or the Pacific.
1: Yes, the Pacific. I was going to say that. It feels like you're pushing through some Pacific islands like in World War Two, But it does this really good job where it's like it's – trenches with emplacements and bunkers uh in this kind of like really foresty area or or you know jungle area and then pushes out into that open terrain where it feels like you're getting into their lines you're getting into their hq so i think Zonbeek then Onto court, then Freese. We're butchering these names, I'm sure, but <laughs>
0: yeah, sorry, Europeans. I, we apologize.
1: Yeah, but that is like as far as progression goes. If I were to rank it by progression, that's how I'd go. The issue that I have with Freeze is that it plays too much like Postscriptum. Postscriptum plays a lot like peak shoot, rack the bolt, peak shoot, rack the bolt, and just progress up the line like that. And I get that feeling from Freeze a lot, just because it's so open, there's not that's too much true. cover, there's not a lot of trenches except for that one hill, that it's it's very shooty. And while the shooting isn't bad in Beyond the Wire, the melee and charging is better. So I get more fun out of that, so that's why I like charging the trench lines on Zambique more, and that's why I kind of rate it my number one. So Freeze is cool, but I gotta say, like, I don't know what it is, it's very satisfying, but... I get kind of bored shooting and Beyond the Wire after like a couple games just because it's, there's nothing really new there. It's still satisfying, but I don't know. What, what's your thoughts? I know we've talked so much about the charging and the melee. As far as the gunplay, do you find it to be too similar to Postscriptum? Do you like it like that? Do you wish there was something more, something
0: different that they could do? Uh, so what I definitely do like, and this isn't necessarily uh, uh, gunplay, I will speak that in a second, but the, the way that they break up your squad into specialty squads, I will say I do really enjoy that. Mm. Uh, and so you can actually create your, you know, heavy machine gun crew, your artillery crew, that kind of stuff. Uh, and that's something if you've strictly played squad, you know, if it's, it's literally a sandbox. If you create a one man spandrel crew, you do that. If you create a, you know, nine man infantry or three people do a tank, you can do whatever you want because you just label it and you grab the asset. Not like that here. Um, I, I like that aspect, but yeah, it's really it's funny. Like the the classes themselves, I really, I actually really like playing. I I, I don't like playing the bolt actions l- as much as I like playing the pistol and the club. Gotcha. And, The the bolt actions, I do think that the I I I've played Postscriptum quite a bit, but you know I never really played too much of it. And I will say that the manual bolting that you know they they have as well, I really like that feature. Being able to not just be stuck in an animation, Uh, so I, I like that. It feels responsive. There's something. Say what you want to say about the shooting aspect of of the game, but it does sound good and it does feel good. But if you're just shooting on those maps with a bolt action, you kind of don't want to do that. And you get, as you said, you get kind of bored with that. And so it's the whole aspect of, honestly, if I'm taking a shot in in Beyond the Wire, it's like I'm taking a shot more often than not just because I want to maybe get his head down or someone out who's literally just out in the open in no man's land but i'm i almost always the moment i spawn if i have a rifle i put the bayonet on and i just start pushing to a trench and i don't if if i just had to play with the, the guns i don't know if i'd play it as much and the once again the pistol the ruby pistol is super fun to play however i do think they have like some insane kicks and yeah. the the handling itself it It feels like if I was a child and I was learning how to shoot a weapon sometimes,
1: yeah, because
0: your character it is as the Luger as well emphasizes this because not only does it kick, but then when it you've you've shot everything in the Luger, the act everything is up in your face, yes, so it's it's all and it's almost like you're you're literally holding everything just right at your nose. <laughs> And I, I'm sure there's some <laughs> growing pains and how they model this or whatever, but it's that kind of stuff. I I enjoy the game so much that I can look past that. You know? Yeah. But I'm I'm still seeing it. <laughs> you know, I'm still seeing it.
1: I will say, like, I used to think, like, when I picked up the game and I loaded it into my first few matches of Beyond the Wire, I thought the pistol was overpowered as hell. It was just running in there, just snap, 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 especially that pistol with the drum mag, right? And the issue was, eventually, I'll start going, like, I can't see anything. <laughs> this thing is taking yeah, up yeah. two-thirds of my screen, and the recoil is insane. And that's why I started to realize, like, hey... Bayonets in melee combat—that's where I'm at. If I'm doing CQB stuff, like I'll use the rifle for long range, and then push in when once I get like ten on in, like I'll just snap one shot with the bolt. If that misses,
0: I'm coming for you with the bayonet. Yep. <laughs> like I'm no, not, that, and that's how you should. I think that's why that's why I'm okay with it not being as smooth. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. like I'm okay, and even with the assault class with the pistols, I I do like playing with the pistol. But I like it more because I got smoke. I got grenades. I can keep their heads yes. down. I can yeah. push them. I can get up close in their face. Like that kind of stuff is really where I, we've said it throughout the whole podcast, but it's it plays so much different than any of these other games on on this uh, OWI core because of of the in your faceness and how rewarding and how you feel when you do that that I just they just need to focus on that. And I think it's going to it's going to fix not necessarily fix, but you're you're OK with some of these, you know, other lackluster things, because if this was just a bolt action game like Verdun or something, I don't think I would have played it as much. hmm. Like going back to
1: what you're talking about, like how many players like it's so different. It was really funny and really interesting to see, like. Day one, day two of early access release, what you would see is two players get point blank with one another in the in the in the trench and continuously try to snapshot each other with their bolt action rifles instead of yeah. trying to just club <laughs> them. You would end up seeing these hilarious fights in the trenches where you just have two players point blank missing round after round after round. It's like just Pull out your club and start swinging, It's so funny. Um, And of course, like, it's going to be really interesting because that's a whole different thing to talk about as far as, like, the meta and how players play the game. That's going to change how the game feels as well. Because I'm sure like the more people realize how to charge and, oh God, that's a whole thing. I remember teaching people, like people didn't know how to bayonet charge. That's something that they got to figure out. It's like how to teach people how to do these things. But like there were so many people who just didn't know how to bayonet charge. So seeing the player base as a whole develop new strategies, learn how to do things properly and get that meta developed. That's going to be a whole nother time as well to like look at beyond the wire and analyze like how it feels as a game cuz we're only like barely a week in maybe you know give or take a couple days here it's it's going to go pretty far and I'm sure there's going to be some kind of competitive scene and they're going to come up with all kind of crazy strats there's going to be a lot in this game that gets unpacked over the next couple of I guess weeks or even month here
0: Yeah so with that is there anything that would if you know we let's let's pretend we got an update coming in you know by the end of the year i don't know if we do i'm sure the devs have said somewhere that hey they're working on things what would you like to see to say hey uh i spent 35 bucks on this this is i like the base but you know if in three four months i don't see something moving in a certain direction i'm not gonna lie i might be a little disappointed
1: I mean you and I have hammered this point down like the throughout the entire episode of today. It's they need to focus on just making that charge experience as consistent and as fun as possible. I don't think they should be wasting too much time adding, you know, other things to the game and spreading out too wide. There's a couple of really important things that or, you know, changes that I think they could add right now that would improve the experience overall. Number 1 is I'd like to see some kind of change to the squad size. I like You don't like You don't like 6? I don't like 6. I don't like 6. I like how you said um and how the game is right now where you have squads broken out by tasking, so HMGs, your field guns, your recon, they're all split out. But for your infantry squads, I think that bumping that up to like 10 to 20 anywhere in there is great. I know they have a lot of concerns with like overwhelming squad leaders, but I think the issue that you see in beyond the wire and even in squad in general is i think there are more incompetent squad leaders than than competent squad leaders so i think that whoa,
0: the f- fewer... <laughs> whoa this is groundbreaking statements <laughs> coming to you live
1: it's it's, it's harsh it's harsh but that's the truth i i i think that if you put a couple of key strong squad leaders per team rather than have what is it with with six man squads rather than have like nine of them eight of them if you have like a couple of key shot callers calling the mass charges i think you'll get a more consistent mass cohesive experience out of it um whereas like right now with six-man squads you're kind of incentivized to do things in those small groups i don't think that's necessarily i don't think it lends itself to the mass charge experience of world war one
0: uh yeah i I, I think that would be real so you would turn it into let's say we got 50 people on a side right Mm -hmm. so you we would have Two or three, just ten man, fifteen man infantry squads.
1: Yeah, and that way you can get a solid push going with enough people. Because, like they talk about, they talk about it, and and everyone thinks that like overwhelming squad leaders is a big problem. But the issue is like the more squad leaders that you have, the bigger problem of having. Squ- you know competent squad leaders that's that starts to become a bigger and bigger problem it compounds and when that starts to happen what you end up getting is squad leaders who don't know what they're doing and you end up having infantrymen just going off just doing whatever right because they don't have an sl that's telling them what to do and then that entire mass charge experience that almost becomes unobtainable because you have sls that aren't relaying orders or aren't leading their guys and in a game like this and squad and post scriptum <laughs> you need to have squad leaders that are on the ball because if they're not the gameplay experience that you're going for you might not be able to get just by having gameplay features you need to have that social component to organize it and you need to give these leaders the tools and the framework to do it
0: yeah i think that's very well said and it it definitely would be it, it's it's funny because when you I'm sure the devs, they're probably watching chats or watching streams or watching videos. And hopefully, you know, they they take a listen to this. I'm sure they're like, oh, you guys aren't game designers. But it's it, its really interesting when you get something that is such a, uh, a new idea, even though it does look like Squad. And when you actually put it in the hands now of thousands of people being critical and actually playing it and experiencing it, I do really hope they look at you Know the past week, and I can genuinely say I've had a blast playing this. Mm-hmm. I, I think it has a great foundation. I do think some some tweaks are needed, and I would be 100% on board with hey, so we don't know if this is going to work, but for a weekend, we're going to just have 10, 15, 20 man squads. Can you guys go see and break it or make it great or something like that? And just you know, we this is the time, this is the time, we're in early access, you this is the time. To- Yeah, you you need to do it. This is the time. You need to focus and just try to see what works and what doesn't. Because when you try to create, as we said at the very beginning of this podcast, when you're creating this whole war for the greater good, I guess, for your team and just rushing and taking something, really splitting that up into six-man squads, it, it does take away a little bit of it. And I don't know about you, but if I heard someone in local chat just say, "Hey, take out your club," it's like, "Okay, screw it, I'm taking out my, cl- I'm bayonet." I'm like, hey, let's all just go. I heard a whistle. Who cares? Let's just go. Like, if you can get that type of mentality and that type of gameplay loop, I, I think people are going to respond really, really well uh, to this game. Even if, even if by the end of the year we don't have the British or if we don't have a new map, if we can focus on that type of positive gameplay improvement, I think people are going to be Uh, Genuinely happy about where the the direction this game's going.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Because, like you said, there are you know World War One games. There's plenty of games before I think 2018 that kind of had that the same setting, right? World War One, World War Two, contemporary warfare. The difference that OWI and Offworld Core has, and the community that's built around it, is the organization and the communication, right? Because there have been plenty of games that focus on these eras. There's countless. But the difference is that the off-road core games and the community that plays these games is so focused on organization and communication. You need to keep that alive because that's what makes these games so unique. Like, Squad is not just Call of Duty. You don't just have individuals running around shooting things. It's, it's very, very different when you have that social aspect and if you can get that to translate and be on the wire, it'd be so powerful. When you have that social aspect of a single individual or a couple of key squad leaders on a team organizing everyone to do something, to use teamwork on that mass 50 player scale for your team, there's no, th- that is like one of the most unique things about these games. That is what is absolutely critical to continue promoting and encouraging and there just needs to be the tools to do that but 6 man squads i'm telling you is not it. <laughs> it is just not it uh but yeah any other features that you think like are you excited about tanks or no it's like is there any anything that you want added uh,
0: i mean like it's tanks like i'm not going to lie i would love to see you know one of those those was a mark mark 4 tanks mark 6 tanks whatever they are like the i mean those things just look like machines man like i love playing them in battlefield 1 but i I don't care, you know. I, I'm having a great time with infantry. Mm-hmm. I'm having a great time, you know. I, I really think you can, you can add things from the command point of view and being able. I do like how the commander has uh, control over this little telephone and can cause call in things directionally and area, and you can call them all, all at once. I mean, I really think they need to focus on on that type of stuff instead of adding a tank. And the what I would hate. And we were just saying about how, you know, if we're breaking it down to six man squads, you lose the aspect of the team. If we break it down and you add a tank, you're now focused on the tank and not the team. And I, I don't think a tank would necessarily be a bad thing. I just don't, it doesn't fit the same flow that I've been feeling. And I feel like it would almost take away of my current enjoyment of the game because Dude, I just want to run in and beat some people over the head with a club, and now i got to deal with this tank that's probably camping 700 meters away, and my two AT people are stuck behind enemy lines not doing anything, you know? Yeah. I, I would I would hate for that to turn into beyond the wire when it can really be so much more if you just stick with infantry. Mm-hmm.
1: That that would be my kind of advice to RSI is just like focus on what makes it special. You have something right now that already sets this game apart from others. You have something that draws people to the game, but it needs to be focused on. It needs to be pushed and promoted and encouraged. Because if if I, I, I can totally see RSI getting baited into just dropping content. And, don't and fall just, for it. <laughs> yeah don't fall for it focus focus on what makes the game unique and improve it and and perfect it uh but uh just adding a new weapon for the sake of a new weapon adding a new tank because of the sake of a tank like i don't i'm not for that i don't think that would be a good idea i'm not for content just for content improve the gameplay experience focus on the gameplay primarily and then content secondary uh just because in in the earliest stages right now That beyond the wire is in that's the most important thing
0: definitely so would what's what's your verdict if it's uh, right now i think it's 34.99 on steam do you think it's worth it
1: i personally think it's worth it i i know you and i have talked about this briefly i have this really weird way that i value my time and money usually when i have to make any kind of entertainment purchase i'll base it off of a movie ticket so 15 bucks for a movie ticket i expect an hour and a half roughly of enjoyment so i've gotten 20 hours of enjoyment out of beyond the wire so far i personally even in its most basic state right now have gotten my money's worth so it's only going to get better from here it's early access so they should keep developing it it should pretty much only get better hopefully unless they do something crazy like add a whole bunch of meaningless content for content sake thanks i think but I think it's worth it. It gets a recommendation for me. What about you?
0: Yeah, I, I think I I agree. You know, it's thirty five bucks. I know to some people that's a lot of money. To some people that's not. It's obviously not triple uh, A priced because it's not triple A, and it is just out of early access. But I I think it's not only worth the thirty five bucks of enjoyment that you'll get from it, but I also see it as like a buy in because I believe what they're doing. I mm-hmm. believe in what they're doing, the foundation that they're building. I I I got it. You know, I feel it. I I want this just to be more this. And that's the type where I feel completely good in paying 35 bucks, not just the I think I also have 21 hours or 22 hours in this game already, which is, you know, half of a work week just playing this game. And it's it, it's it's a price point that I feel is is reasonable for early access. But I know from what I have seen, because this is now, we're not even, we're now, I think officially when this releases, seven days from its official release, like I, I believe that they can take this and keep improving on it. And I think 35 bucks, 100%, I, that's a recommendation on, on my end as well.
1: Yeah, and, and like you said, it's an early access game. You're not, we're, they're not even done. They're not even done, so you're you're gonna get a lot. It's on Steam. I know, I know. My advice here's my advice. Play it, buy it for thirty five dollars. Play it for less than two hours. You don't like it? Steam refund it. Boom. Top top two hundred IQ. That's that's what you do, and then you're guaranteed you're guaranteed some value out of your purchase. So try it out. If not, keep your eye on this game. I believe it's got potential. I think that 100% this game is going to be something in, you know, whether it be the next couple months, whether it be a year out from now, this game is going to be something. It has potential. I see it. I just, I'm praying that RSI puts development time to where it's needed the most and focuses on what makes the game special.
0: Yes. To differentiate themselves from Squad because. It is very not squad. And if Mm -hmm. you guys play it, I I think you'll see it and you'll feel it. So I 100% agree. I'm looking forward to the future. Hopefully by the end of the year, we can look back to this and say, yeah, see? Yeah. Hopefully we can drop in. I told you so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, guys, thank you for
1: tuning in for episode two. Next week, we're going to be talking about Hell at Loose, Postscriptum, the differences between the two, uh, what we think are some cool features that should have been added the tragic story of Postscriptum and how its numbers have dwindled and how unfortunately
0: it's gotten to that spot it's down it's maybe not it, dead is it, is it down is it no it's not dead it's you know why dead. because it's a zombie it's it's back it's it's the living dead that's because <laughs> did you know we're currently you thought postscriptum was dead it, it it's it, undead. It, it, it <laughs> breached its hand through the through the ground it dragged itself up from the the deep and it is alive mm-hmm. in chapter z the bloody undead
1: that's uh, we'll, completely th- we'll true that. what what, well, we'll what, what timing what timing but yeah we'll <laughs> talk about um the new chapter z release which just got teased from periscope games uh a lot to talk about regarding all those three games and that's gonna be a pretty beefy episode as well but, Moy, once again, it's been an absolute blast having a lot of fun. Where can people find
0: your content? Uh, you can find me streaming on Twitch Monday through Friday at twitch.tv slash moydog. And I also upload on YouTube at youtube.com slash moydog. And you, Well, Sir? yeah, youtube.com slash karmacut as well.
1: And maybe some casual streams, twitch.tv slash karmacut. But that's pretty much it. Oh, God, I had a lot of fun this episode. It took a little bit of a little bit of a build up here, get my brain awake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm telling you guys, beyond the wire. It's, it's beyond the wire. It's mm-hmm. fun.
1: But yeah. Thanks so much guys for tuning in. I've had a lot of fun.
0: Anything else, Moy or I am so excited to just rustle everyone's feathers next week. It's gonna be <laughs> a good one. I hope you guys have a wonderful day and we'll see you next time on Command Comps.